Desolidata. Hey, everybody. Uh, hey everybody, and welcome to Desk of Lady Ada. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, uh, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. Hello. Um, no, I don't think any news or updates. Of course, uh, Ada Fruit is like semi-closed today. We had a float holiday. Yeah, so uh, Juneteenth was Sunday, but Ada Fruit has Monday's official day off. So uh, we're doing the show tonight. Yesterday, um, we saw some art. Check out um, our blog and more. And uh, normal show schedule this week, Wednesday, show and tell, 7.30, Joan Pedro will be doing their 3D Hangout show, 11 a.m., JP on Thursday. JP's back. Liz Deep is dive back. dive with Tim on Fridays, and mm. then Ask an Engineer Wednesday nights at 8, so mm. we're doing this show tonight. And okay. we have uh, some cool stuff to show yeah, and also a great search. 30 minutes of a fun great search yeah, as well. Yeah. Okay, so let's kick it off with some samples. Um, originally this wasn't in the plan, but they, these came in yesterday uh, evening. Uh, so I got these cool samples of knurled knobs. Uh, which is, These are anodized aluminum, uh, colorful, ooh, uh, sorry, was it colorfully uh, uh, chromed uh, knurled knobs. So... Um, five colors, you get gold, uh, black, uh, silver, blue, I like the blue a lot, and uh, this kind of deep red jewel tone. Um, JP requested uh, some more knobs, because uh, we have a lot of potentiometers. And these are a set screw, which is not unusual, because you know, it, it's easier to machine, I mean, it's machined on a lathe, obviously. Uh, that's how you do knurling, and how you get, um, you know, such even, uh, smooth shapes. Uh, which means it's harder to get, uh, you know, a, a D-shaft or T-18 style um, mold inside. So instead, you know, you just, uh, at the end of the process, you just drill and tap a hole in, and then you can use this um, uh, two-millimeter uh, hex wrench. So let's say you have, like, a, a D-shaft potentiometer. Uh, you put it in, slides in, but then you can uh, tighten it with with the um, set screw and uh, you've got this really cool knob. These are often used in very nice synthesizers uh, and drum machines and uh, other devices. You can also use a T18 knob. Um, it's a little bit of a press fit, but it does press fit in. And then of course uh, you can put the set screw on if you want to have it tightened um, so it doesn't slip. And I like the indicator because that means you can use it with pots or with rotary encoders. I like to have a little bit of an indicator uh, with um, uh, knobs. So I don't know if people like this knob, these knobs. Well, yeah. They like them. Great. We'll stock them. So these are the samples I got. Uh, these seem good. So we'll uh, get them into the shop. So that's some samples. Okay. What else you got? Okay. So next up, uh, there's this part shortage, uh, and one of the parts that's being affected right now is uh, we asked about this on um, when our, our our weekly uh, ten minutes of begging uh, called. Uh, uh, part shortage where we ask companies, hey, can you please ship us the stuff that we ordered? So um, we're still we're still following up on that, but we are unable to get at Mega 328s, at Mega 328Ps, famous because they're used in um, Arduino Unos, like the most popular microcontrollers in the world, the dev boards. We also use them in the Metro Mini, the Metro, and the Feather 328P. Um, we both use uh, TQFP package and TQFN package. We don't really use a DIP package. We did for the Borduino, but we discontinued the Borduino many years ago, and now we, we just have the Metro Mini. Um, so the Metro Mini uses the QFN, the um, 
Metro, which is kind of Arduino Uno compatible. Uh, we made that, you know, basically when we were like, we want to have, uh, you know, a microcontroller that uh, has logic level shifting, you know, you can change logic level. And also wasn't clear if we were able to get Arduinos during a very tum tumultuous two years in Arduino history. Um, and uh, those use cheap QFPs, um, but we're unable to get both. And both we ordered about a year ago, and the lead time at, at the time was 52 weeks. Like, remember, everybody was like, 52 weeks, 52 weeks. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, here's how many we'll need in a year. Uh, so we ordered them back in March 2021, and it's been, you know, a year and a quarter. And um, they got bumped to 2023, basically, um, or maybe even later. Uh, so, you know, we're not going to get them anytime soon. And uh, this, is, this is a little bit of an issue because we actually ordered what we needed um, with the expectation that, you know, and we, we did this thing called scheduling it out where we say, hey, you know, we don't need these immediately, but we need them in a year because we'll run out by then. Years gone by, um, no chips. So um, it's an issue because we still have some Metro Minis in stock and we're probably going to have a couple, you know, enough for a few months. But the Feather 328P and, sorry, the Feather, yeah, 328P and the Metro um, both uh, were, were out of chips and we were expecting them. So we can't manufacture uh, these two products, which is a little sad. Um, and I was sort of tasked with, hey, can you find a way around this? And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's that's a bit of a challenge, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. And, um, you know, one of the things that I found when I looked around is um, DigiKey actually had some at Mega 328, not the P type, but the plain 328 in um, 28 QFN package, the MMH package, and they had like a couple hundred in stock, 500 in stock, and I'm like, well, it'll, that'll at least keep us going for a few months. And what's interesting is um, Mr. Lee Data was like, that's really weird. You know, I thought that there weren't any chips. Why, why were you able to buy these? Why were they available? And I think the answer is a lot of people don't use the 28 QFN package. So let's go to the computer because it's it's a little bit of an, an oddity. Um, you know, basically, I, I you know I, I I grabbed them and then I was like, wait, what did I just buy? Um, so um, let's see if I can. I don't think I can hide this side thing. Um, so this is what a lot of people purchase. They purchase the the dip, which is twenty eight pins uh, in a dip format, or uh, they get the QFN thirty two QFN. This is very common. Um, uh, this is the most popular package, and uh, then the other one that's popular is the the TQFP, which is you know has longer legs than the shows, but also 32 pin, same as the QFN. Honestly, um, the the difference between the two packages is this one has the two extra ADC pins. Uh, anyone who's played with the at Mega 328 knows there's these two kind of weirdo like not GPIO, they're ADC only input pins, ADC six and seven, and I think. There's an extra VCC pin, an extra ground pin. So these two pins are duplicated, and then these two pins are extra. Otherwise, it's actually almost the same pinout. Um, but because it wasn't the P-type, um, which is basically a lower power, um, slightly lower power version, I think people like didn't notice that these were available, and so I was able to snag some. So let me, uh, hold on, actually, I left them over there. Let me just grab them real fast. Yeah, I remember you, you, you you brought them home. I brought them home, but I I, I put them away because I forgot that we were doing a video later. So, uh, and I, I wrapped them in tape, which is, you know, not really static. So let's go to the overhead and I can show the these chips. Um, so this is the 
uh, on here you can see the 32 QFN. So this is again, like everyone used this package because it was the most available, it was the cheapest, etc. And then this is the 28 uh, QFN. So I don't know if you can see, but it's a, it's a little bit smaller. It's a, you know, it is a little bit smaller. It's a finer pitch. It's, um, here, I'll put it upside down so you can really see it. Uh, so you can see that the package fits, you know, where you can see all the pads, fits on top. It is about a millimeter smaller on each side, and the pitch is um, uh, 0.45 uh, millimeter, not 0.5 millimeter. So it's a little bit, you know, finer pitch. But basically, I'm like, well, you know what? I, you know, I can't get the 32 QFN. And it's smaller. And, you know, it's easy to revise a board if, it, if the new package is smaller. The only thing that's a little sad is um, I, I, I don't believe, like, I, I couldn't get it so you could have either or um, because the package is only, like, a teeny bit smaller. And also, like, it's not one-to-one -one pins like there is a little bit of like a few pins kind of go side to side so it is a kind of a new board spin um th this chip would fit inside of a tqfp but it won't fit inside tqfn so it's too small so um let's show uh the do dev board so the first one i started with is the metro mini because and this is, you know, people are like, well, why, you know, oh, if it's you're swapping the part, why is, this, why is this too big deal? Like, why can't you just do it? And why does it take so long? The reason it takes so long is it's like, you know, if you're going to go do a board revision, I'm like, well, here's all these things that I've been meaning to do. Uh, and I might as well just get it done now because if I'm going to do a board revision, like, just do everything you want to do. So um, one thing is, I'm not, I'm not quite done with this design, is, uh, you know, updating this Metro Mini to use a USB-C not uh, micro B. Um, I changed a lot of the uh, parts to be. Uh, see, it's so clear. I changed the parts to be um, 0603 rather than 0805. So there's a couple parts that are smaller, which actually gave me a little bit of space to move the this 28 uh, QFN over to the left. Because, uh, like, these LEDs got smaller and a lot of these capacitors that were, like, 0.1 microfarad got smaller. And that actually gave me space to move the reset button. Um, instead of centered, it kind of shifted to the side. And then I put a Stemma QT connector on there. So I'm not quite done with this design. As you can see, I'm, I'm still in the process of routing out the the data lines for the, the USB-C. But, you know, I figured, like, look, if I'm going to revise this, I might as well you know, do an update. And I always really wanted to have a Metro Mini with a STEM IQT port at the end. I thought that would be um, really useful. So, you know, it, it, that's why the revisions take longer. It's like, if it was just this part swap, I'd be done in 10 minutes. But it's like, you know, once you start cleaning up the fridge, you're like, oh, wow, look at this thing in the back of the fridge. Oh, you know, I should really, like, bake some pancakes right now. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> that, that's where I'm at. So that's the, that's the revision. Um, so taking advantage, basically, of, like, if I can't get a part and I find an alternative, you know, why not go in and, and fix it up? So um, this revision, I'm going to wrap it up. And then, uh, you know, I'll, what's ironic is, of course, I'm not going to manufacture the Metro Mini immediately, but it's a good test bed because it's small. And then the Metro is actually the board I'm going to do the bigger revision on. Um, the Metro, this is very tough because, again, I can, I can there's a, TQFP, I can fit a QFN in, but I can't fit both the 32 and 28, so I have to pick which one, which is like a little bit, 
infuriating because it's like I would prefer to have all three options because if it's going to be a year and a half till I get more chips, I don't know what I'm going to get first. Like, um, you know, a year ago, it was interesting. Like a year ago, you know, when I needed some parts, once in a while I'd, I'd email the company and be like, look, do you have anything? And one company, uh, which was my nameless, was like, well, you know, we don't have the like the B subtype, but we have the A subtype of this chip. And I was like, what's the difference? They're like, oh, there's this timing, right? You know, they're, they're basically a silicon fix. And they're like, as long as the silicon, if you don't need the newer version of the silicon um, because you don't care about low power, you don't care about some timing bug. And they said, as long as you don't initialize it in this bad way and like annoy the chip, you're good to go. And I'm like, this is not a problem. I'm never going to, I'm just going to make sure I initialize it correctly. I'll work around the silicon bug. Send me the 4,000 chips. Send them to me. Send them to me. Uh, and so I got them. Um, but that that's kind of over. You know, everybody's looked under their couches, uh, in the closet. Uh, there's no more just like mystery chips available. Uh, so that's uh, the part shortage I'm dealing with this week. Very exciting. Okay. Right. Any questions before we move on to... No. Nope. Want to do some great search? Yeah, let's do some great search. All right, here we go. Where The Great Search brought to you by Adafruit and DigiKey. Every single week later, user powers of engineering to show you, yes you, how to find stuff on digikey.com. Thanks, DigiKey. Lady what are you searching for this week? Did you know there's a part shortage? I did. I, I do, do. Okay, well, today is another adventure in part shortage land. Uh, so this week, um, I'm looking for some alternatives uh, to make to, to use for the very popular... MCP 23017 GPIO expander. Uh, it's a 16 uh, pin GPIO ex expander over I squared C, which I really like. I've been using it for like over a decade, um, but it's totally unavailable. We have some on order. Not sure what I'm going to get them. Um, again, a lot of stuff from Microchip uh, placed orders a year ago and they've been pushed out. Um, so uh, let's go to the overhead, sorry, the computer, and I'll show the um, what I would like to replace. Okay, so what's interesting is you can get the dip version, but what I really want is, this is a very popular breakout, which, uh, you know, is great because it has um, 16 GPIO expansion, address, interrupt, output. Um, you know, it's a very it's a very easy and low-cost breakout uh, that over I squared C you can add 16 GPIOs. And here's the things that I like about the MCP 23017 and 23018. Um, sorry, 23008. But specifically the 017, it's 16 bits, sweet. IRQ, so you don't have to constantly pull it when a button is pressed. Built-in pull-up resistors, which is big because there's the other GPIO expander that we stocked, the, the AW9523. doesn't have built-in pull-ups, and it's a little bit annoying. Um, and I like that it runs on 3 volts or 5 volts, which is very handy because... You can kind of use it a little bit as a level shifter, a teeny bit. You know, you can use it with 3 volts, but use it to power uh, LEDs or send signals to 5-volt servos. Um, so, it's sorry, not servos. Uh, people use it for rotary encoders. Um, so I do like uh, I do like the MCP2317. If I could get more, I would just use that. Unavailable. So let's find I squared C, 3 or 5-volt power and logic, 16 GPIO, I switch expander um, with interrupt uh, output is uh, capability. 
and ideally a small package like this so I can make a similar breakout board, maybe one that's even drop-in pinout compatible uh, that people can uh, swap out um, while I wait for the 23 or 17s to appear. Um, okay, so uh, I did want to show, yeah, you know, there's no 23 or 17s. This is the chip I would normally purchase and um, it's like, you know, 2023, maybe I'll get some in 2022. Um, but I, I, I need them sooner than that. So let's go to IO Expander. So I just went to the uh, same topic because I'm like, I might as well be there. And then let's look for our standard, uh, you know, we want um, active products and I want 16 IO. Although I might do a little bit more because, you know, look, it's 20, it's probably still fine. I'm going to not select this like eight output only, input only, like I want them to be all GPIOs. Okay, so I'm going to apply. Uh, next up, the interface, uh, I want I2C. You know, I2C sometimes has multiple names. Sometimes it's called TWI, two-wire interface, two-wire serial, SMBus. Uh, it's all going to be the same. Um, and then uh, voltage supply, I'll, I'll pick that. I want, I want the surface mount. That's important to me. It has to be easy for me to pick in place. And I do want interrupt outputs. And then uh, the voltage supply, you know, I want, uh, hold on, I want, I don't remember how to select, sorry, option click to select all the ones. I want it to make sure it goes from uh, three volts to five volts. So I'm going to pick these and I'm gonna skip this one because I want it to also cover three volts. And let's see what we got, okay. So actually there's a lot of options and there's quite a few that are in stock, which is cool. Um, so let's look at only ones that are in stock now. And um, there's a quite few from NXP. I've used NXP expanders, they're great. Analog Maxim, also great. Let's, uh, I wanna keep get something that's within the price range. Remember the MCP. 2317 was like a dollar 25 per so I want to try to keep it um, at that range so I like to view prices at a thousand because the prices for one piece is always like it doesn't really give you a good idea of how much it's gonna cost some some chip companies like the cost of one is basically the same as the cost of a thousand some you get pretty big discounts so uh, go to a thousand and then we'll see what's up uh, so there's a couple good options um, the PCA 95. 35 is available, comes in a couple different packages. Um, but the first one that came up was actually, uh, looks pretty good. So this is the SX1503, um, 16 channel. It's got uh, 28 QFN, so I know it's about the same size, which is kind of nice. Uh, the pricing is really good. It's about uh, 80 cents a piece. And um, then I looked up the data sheets and um, you know, yeah, they're like, you can use this with three volt logic and then controlling five volt LEDs. Um, there's a, a reset pin as well as an interrupt pin. There's only one interrupt um, compared to the MCP2317, but I think that's okay. Um, lots of GPIO. Uh, they have versions with eight channel, four channel. You know, you, you wanna have more pins, less pins. And um, another thing that I wanted to check for is uh, pull-up 
capability because that was like the thing that I really wanted. Yes, yeah, so programmable, uh, true bi-directional style I.O., so it means input and output, and programmable pull-ups and pull-downs, so, um, and all 5.5-volt uh, compatible I.O.s. So this is actually a really good, um, really good option. Uh, it's, it basically has even more capability than the MCP 23017 because it actually can do pull-downs as well. The MCP can only do pull-ups, um, and I, I'm willing to kind of, look beyond uh, the fact that there is only one IRQ. I think that's not a big deal. Um, and then, I don't know if there's address. Okay, yeah, there's one address pin, so you can have uh, two of them. Not as many as the um, MCP, but again, you know, it's available and uh, I'm willing. Oh, wait, sorry, that's the, uh, that's the 013. Yeah, so there's, ooh, I might not be able to change the address. Hold on a second, because the 15, the SX1503, see if I can find the pinout for that one. Block diagram. Okay, so this is the four channel, eight channel, 16 channel. So it looks like there's GPIOs and there's a reset, but there's no address. So this is a fixed address. So yeah, that's, that's the one downside. Um, you only get one one address pin on uh, OX20 hex. But, you know, I think it still might be good enough for most people if, if you don't need to chain multiples, and then maybe, like, this could be useful for people until I can get more of those MCP chips in. Um, you know, you need more GPIO expansion. I don't know. We'll get a Grand Central. Well, you can't actually get Grand Central because I can't get those chips either. And that's what it's like living in a chip shortage. Um, but I'm still going to make a breakout with this. I think it'll still be useful for 75-80% of people who don't need to chain multiple boards together. Um, and we'll see it in Native Food Shop in a couple months. And that's this week's Great Search. Okay, okay. so um, here's a question. Yeah. Uh, the Seesaw is a really good concept. Uh, why not use ATtiny to replace the MCP 230X fixed function I squared C devices? It's it's good, but it's not as fast, and it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't have things like five volt I/O compatibility. Um, it does require a little bit of clock stretching. It's not quite as fast. Um, th there are side effects. The Seesaw is very good, but I wouldn't use it as a plain. GPIO expander, especially for 80 cents. Um, it's a really good deal. Also, a lot of these have much more durable outputs. They can control LEDs, multiple LEDs. Uh, whereas the AT Tiny, which is also, by the way, hard to get, um, and about the same price. You know, there, there's trade-offs, but I, I would, I tend to use the Seesaw when I need an analog input or like some other stuff. They're, they're, it's really hard to beat a pure ROM silicon GPIO expander for speed. Um, and, and usability across like a wide uh, range of platforms, especially when it's like, you know, clock sensitivity, clock stretching, um, and, and GPIO strength. Just you're not gonna be able to compete with a specialized chip. Okay. And also, I don't think the AT Tiny series has pull downs. That is. Yeah, so okay. that's our Desk of Lady Ada. It will be on our regular schedule soon. I think for the um, 
Fourth of July weekend, we probably won't be doing a Desk of Lady Ada, um, but we'll be posting content and stuff. But we'll yeah. uh, keep everyone posted. That's a couple weeks away, but just to give you a heads up. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. I'm going to knurl my knobs. See you soon. Bye, everybody.